I'm Richard. And I'm Gary. And these are our incredible stories. Hello and welcome back to all of our friends around the world and across the United States. We're happy to have you here with us. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome to the show. Really hope that you like what you hear. And if you like it that much, I hope that you'll hit the like and subscribe button. Yeah, and we love having you here each and every Friday. Oh, absolutely. We love having our friends with us. Mm-hmm. Yep, We all just sit around, tell stories. It's a great time for everyone. Yep. So uh, we hope that you'll join us in... Uh, Every Friday we got new episodes, so you can just join us uh, on Fridays and enjoy yourself. <laughs> so uh, we have a really interesting, incredible story uh, in the paranormal sense, uh, and it deals with a university that you went to. This is correct, Gary, and you know me. Uh, if there's a, a haunted uh, house story or oh. a ghost story or whatever that I have some kind of personal experience uh-huh. with, it makes it extra special to be able to tell that story. Let me let me guess. Does it have to do with Virginia? Yes. Uh, but all, that, of, all of our ghost stories have to do with Virginia. A lot of them. Uh, but that's not really surprising because Virginia is just a mother load of ghost stories. So, of course. Uh, and uh, as you uh, mentioned earlier that uh, I did uh, attend the College of William and Mary in Williamsburg, Virginia, which was all the way back in the 1960s. I'm not going to even uh, do any mental math to see how far back that was. But uh, College of William and Mary, Williamsburg, uh, Virginia, it's the second oldest college in the United States. Actually, Gary, it was set to be the first to open here in the New World. Really? But, but there were a series of Indian attacks that delayed its construction, and so it, it, it didn't get its charter and didn't get uh, opened until 1693. And by then... Harvard had moved to the lead and opened up their school up in the Massachusetts colony. So Harvard uh, just edged out William and Mary as the oldest college in the United States. And uh, you're familiar with Harvard. I am. Yeah, I have. I have some graduate. graduate uh, you got a graduate uh, certificate in visual arts from Harvard. That I do. Loved I, it. I got my bachelor's from the second oldest uh, college in the United States, William and Mary. Now, one of the requirements of that 1693 charter, Gary, was uh, that um, the officials were to educate the local Native Americans and convert them to Christianity. Of course, that was the main goal back in those days. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and maybe even send them back among their people as missionaries. Uh, that was the hope. Why not? So originally, <clears throat> their classes were... Uh, held in the Wren building. Uh, now, I've talked to you about the Wren building and showed you that. That's pretty much the main building that uh, you see as you enter the campus. It's the oldest academic building in the United States. And what happens there is every freshman at William & Mary gets uh, an English class in the Wren building so that they can brag about the fact that they had a class in the oldest academic building in the United States. It was designed by Sir Christopher Wren in uh, London, England. And as I mentioned, it's the oldest academic building in America that's uh, still in use today. Uh, It was designed, as I said, by Sir Christopher Wren. And um, 
when a famous English scientist named Robert Boyle passed away back in those days, his estate provided for a separate building for Native Americans at William and Mary. So in 1723, the Brafferton building was built. So now the college has two buildings. Two. The Wren Building, designed by Sir Christopher Wren, the famous architect, and one called the Brafferton. Now, uh, this was a beautiful colonial manor house. Uh, and um, I, I think, oh, it was uh, opposite the president's house, the uh, college president's house. Oh. And in between them now, it didn't exist back then, but in between them now, when I went there as a student and to this day, there's a, a beautiful sunken gardens that separate the two homes. Uh, so you see the really? president's house at one, one side, you see the Brafferton on the other, and there's this beautiful English sunken garden, formal sunken garden in the middle. And uh, I was in the ROTC for a semester there when I was a freshman, and, uh, and we did our marching drills there in the sunken garden. Really? Mm-hmm. Now, the uh, downstairs of the Brafferton had uh, two sections. There was a large classroom, and then there was the schoolmaster's quarters. And upstairs, they had the uh, dormitories for the uh, Native American students. Now, it's got to be said that many of those Native American students were not very happy campers. You'd oh, I th- don't think they would be. You'd think bringing them out of the wilderness into civilization with a warm... Uh, dry roof over their head and regular food would, uh, you know, make a huge difference. But they were not really happy campers. Uh, first of all, the food was very different from what they were used to, um, you know, um, living in the, the forests. The language was different. They, they didn't know English from uh, German. Um, there were different customs, including clothing. They didn't dress the way the, the English uh, colonists no. dressed. Different religions, of course, we mentioned that. And they were also separated from their tribe and their families. So all uh, put, put all that together, <clears throat> and uh, the uh, Native American population to be educated there on the campus of William & Mary was not happy. No, no, unfortunately. I, I don't think a lot of Native Americans really wanted to be uh, told what they had to do after... Uh, oh, so strange. These such new an, people coming into their property and yeah. starting bossing them around. So, such an alien culture at that. Mm-hmm. They, they felt lost. They felt unwanted. And uh, they actually had to be locked in their rooms at night. Jeez, mm-hmm. that's horrible. So, because they were afraid that uh, the kids would just run off. And I don't blame them. This is where our uh, haunted house story starts tonight. Uh, there's a legend of one of these Native American students who took off running in the middle of the night. So he ran for the woods, and uh, he was found dead. Now, possibly from a heart attack or possibly he had been shot. Uh, we don't know. Uh, so, and supposedly he's the one whose spirit uh, still resides in the Brafferton house today. Now, there are reports of hearing children crying in the Brafferton at night. Oh. Well, you already understand why. Uh, yeah. Uh, there are reports of tom-toms beating. Now, <clears throat> I'm not sure where that came from, uh, but uh, nevertheless, that's part of the, the lore attached to the Brafferton. Now, here's what gives the... Um, 
the ghost stories attached to the uh, Brafferton real credence in my mind. There was a fellow back then when I was uh, going to college by the name of Wilford Kale. Okay. Now, I knew of him, but I didn't know Wilford. But I, you know, I had run across him. Sure, uh, sure. Several times. Uh, we were both actually uh, working part-time as local journalists, me uh, for the uh, local radio station, and uh, Wilford was uh, working in the newspaper uh, media. And he later became an author, by the way, of historical, <coughs> historic uh, different articles uh, that were fact-based in history. So he's not known to be, uh, you know, a, a ghost tale relater. Right. So anyways, <coughs> Wilford, I can still uh, picture him in my mind today. Um, talked about one summer when he was uh, in the college back in the mid-1960s and he was working on a project for the college, and they housed him on the third floor of the Brafferton building. Okay. Now, I'm going to quote exactly what Wilfred said because I don't want to misstate anything mm -hmm. because this guy is really known for his historical accuracy on, on things he writes. Okay. The voice of Wilfred. I definitely heard some sounds that summer that you could call psychic phenomena. Oh, Ooh, this is kind of interesting because, again, he wasn't into this kind of stuff. Yeah. He said that he heard footsteps shuffling along the third floor, and each time it was late at night, and, of course, he was up there alone. Right. And, again, his words. The sound was very clear. It was definitely someone walking around. Oh. Mm -hmm. It wasn't any shutter banging on boards creaking. Each time I got up to look, but never saw anything. Mm. Now, <laughs> Wilford is also the one who reported hearing those beating tom-toms, which I found quite unusual. And uh, he said it really unnerved him. <clears throat> Again, his words. I was asleep, and I was awakened by this rhythmic beat on drums. I sat up straight in bed. It must have gone on for a minute and a half. I, I got up and went into the hallway, and then I walked down to the first floor and back up again, but I saw nothing. It was a spooky feeling. Oh. Now, you notice Wilford never said, I believe in psychic phenomena. I right. believe in he said it was a spooky, spooky feeling. Spooky feeling, yeah. Mm -hmm. So... This is very unusual to be reporting this tonight because Wilfred Kale, if you look him up, you'll find all sorts of scholarly articles and you'll find nothing in the way of paranormal attributed to him as, yeah. as far as I know. But he felt compelled to yeah, yeah. speak about this. But this, this is documented, uh, what I uh, just have reported. Now, I, I knew him to be, like I say, a very respectable journalist. Uh, he's written many scholarly articles and, uh, you know, uh, I'm surprised by... Uh, I'm actually surprised by what we're reporting here tonight. So my question to you, Gary, is uh, what's with the Brafferton? I don't know. I mean, I, I've spoken about this in the past. There are, there are often things that can be explained that uh, are mistaken for other unearthly noises. Um, uh, like I said before, growing up in New Mexico, um, Grandma and Grandpa's house wasn't too far away from the, the zoo. And there were peacocks at the zoo, and at night you could hear them crying. 
And it always, to me, it always sounded like somebody screaming for help. And it always bothered me. It was very unnerving to hear it, but it was, it was the peacocks. And I know that um, certain animals like cats, I, I've, I have two cats. And I know sometimes midnight, my black cat, before she passed away, she would start uh, yowling because she wanted something. But it was easy to mistake her cries for the sound of our son crying, Oliver, who at that point was only like maybe two or three months old. But they sounded very similar. So there are, there are things that can happen that we can explain that can cause these auditory hallucinations that we, you know, believe it to be a, a spirit or um, drums or phantom wailing or crying, but it could be explained by something rational. But then there are those times where there is no explanation and, and we can't really explain why or how something happens. It just, it happens. So, I mean, it, it could have been something in an old building that could have been making sounds that sounded, you know, uh, like what he described. Um, or, or playing devil's advocate, maybe there was something a little bit more paranormal to all of this. Oh, of course, Wilford didn't say uh, that, that was the case. and uh, No, but he used the word psychic. Yeah, yeah, he did. And so uh, I, I found that very interesting coming from him because he's not Alvin Schwartz. <laughs> no. He, he's not uh, somebody like that. Um, and so I found this in, incredibly interesting. So here is what I would like to leave our listeners with as we wrap up for this evening. Okay. If some evening late at night you find yourself sitting in the sunken gardens at the college of William and Mary and you hear the faint beating of a tom-tom you will understand why mm -hmm. <laughs> all right well I, I i think that's going to bring us to our closing so uh Hopefully you don't hear any uh, paranormal uh, or spectral type uh, noises this evening as we close out. But uh, until next time, I'm Richard. And I'm Gary. And that was uh, an incredibly eerie story. All right. We look forward to having you join us again next week for some more incredible stories. And don't forget to like and subscribe to get the latest episodes on Fridays.